Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, With Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete. That's right. I'm starting the show. It's Jess Place with Lori Lattimore Volkman and Tim Lynch. You are listening to Something Something Broncos. And today we are brought to you by Joe Flacco's Passion. What do you do when elite speaks for itself yet has nothing to say? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So... Let's not spend our time. I mean, we can we can talk about it briefly if you guys you know need a little closure. But uh, the Broncos lost thirty to six to the Kansas City Chiefs um, exactly one week ago today. If you're listening to this on Thursday when this podcast drops, and as a reminder, you can listen to something something Broncos every Thursday. That is our day. That is when this show airs. So there you go. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm all over the place. Like, look at me. I'm all <laughs> jacked up. I need more coffee. All right, so <laughs> more coffee. Yeah, so the the Broncos lost thirty to six to the Kansas City Chiefs, and we could spend a lot of time talking about what went wrong. Garrett Bowles, we could spend a lot of time about what went wrong. Joe Flacco, we could talk about what went wrong. Uh, everything, um, <laughs> but a lot has happened since then. Emmanuel Sanders has been traded. Tim Patrick looks like he's going to be activated off of IR and cleared for practice. Um, so let's let's maybe not spend so much time on the a- painful agony uh, of our season dying against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's let's uh, let's first talk about the Emmanuel Sanders trade. We sent Emmanuel and a fifth round pick to the San Francisco 49ers, and in return, we have received a third and fourth round pick in the 2020 draft. What are your thoughts, Lori? Well, I'm I'm sad to not have Emmanuel Sanders on the Broncos, but I think it was inevitable for for both our sake and for his. I think it was clear from John Elway's presser. Emmanuel was, you know, unhappy. Didn't like the lack of touches he was getting. Certainly didn't That's like the outcomes of the so game. So crazy. Why would he be unhappy? That's so strange. <laughs> Part of his frustration was thinking that. In a contract year, he's not even getting to show what he's worth. So it's not going to help him stay with the Broncos. It wasn't going to help him get on with another team. So he was asking for a trade. The fact that the Broncos weren't, you know, we're two and five. We're not likely to go anywhere with that, even if we do win some games. So it made sense for the Broncos to look at what value they could get for him because having him on the team, having him complain and be unhappy wasn't going to be good for him or for the team. So getting value for him made sense. So the whole thing worked out. I think the third and fourth rounder was was good value. But it still kind of sucks to not have He-Man on our team. Situation where I think everybody got what they wanted, really. You know, the Broncos got a third and fourth round pick. So that gives them a lot of draft capital uh, in the first three and four rounds of the draft. Emmanuel goes to a team that's undefeated gets gets to play for a quarterback that's uh, throwing touchdowns and making plays. So um, is he elite though? Is Jimmy Garoppolo elite? Like Joe Flacco level elite? I, I, I think <laughs> like Joe Flacco level. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let me think about that. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's sad. I liked Emmanuel Sanders. He never went like full Antonio Brown on the situation. He kept it positive. And he didn't even go guy. Brandon Marshall. 
<laughs> yeah. He kept it classy. <laughs> he just, you know, he did everything the right way. He was unhappy, but instead of, you know, being a quote diva wide receiver, he went to Elway and told him he just wasn't happy, wants to trade. Elway obliged. His presser was pretty tepid towards Sanders. Uh, um, but I mean, you got a third and a fourth rounder for him. He didn't want to be here. You know, as far as splits goes, especially during a season when you're struggling, uh, this is about as amicable and about as good a split that you'll see in the NFL this in this day and age, especially with a wide receiver, because that position just tends to have a lot more drama around it. My big worry is if they lose this week, you know, Chris Harris Jr. might be next, and that that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt worse than than any move Elway could make this year. I totally agree. Or Derek Wolf, although I think Chris Harris would be a bigger a bigger loss. I think it's great that we got some value for Emmanuel Sanders. He wasn't going to do anything here anyway, other than get really angry and, and maybe choke Joe Flacco in the locker room, which <laughs> which would have had some benefit, right? That would have there maybe there's value in that. I mean, you know, it depends on who you ask. Really, the value though is is that if he had played out the rest of his contract and had left as a free agent, we wouldn't have gotten as much in compensatory picks as we got now so so what, what's the delay there's there's no harm so i i think we can we can, we're all pretty much in consensus that this was a pretty good trade that means that uh, uh tim patrick has been activated to practice and will likely return uh after the week 10 bye. but one person has not been activated and that is drew lock even though according to the mike klesike article that dropped on wednesday i uh, said that uh, drew lock was the furthest along in his rehab so he is by all intents and purposes ready to go but we are holding off to see how the uh the next two games the games against uh, the colts and the browns go to see if we want to activate somebody instead like the oritic or dare i say jake but probably not jake but he's probably hurt himself while you've been listening to this broadcast um <laughs> <clears throat> so how do we feel about that like uh, do, uh, personally me i think it's crazy that we uh, aren't activating him uh this season is over we're pretty much already in the next off season i mean we're starting to acquire picks and whatnot uh we should know what we have in drew lock i mean you can't go you can't go into next season like well I, you know he was he, we didn't play him very much so we don't know and and then be kind of hamstrung with the direction you're gonna go like we need to start forging that direction right now and to do that we need to go ahead and uh see what we have in drew lock what do you think tim i think the approach is correct i mean we saw drew lock in preseason i mean he's he's got a long ways to go they're not sure if if he's going to be ready to play at all this season even if joe flacco doesn't do any better i mean you look at the list of second round quarterbacks just never work out i think there's like three that are reasonably good and Two of those three is Andy Dalton and Derek Carr. <laughs> I think people are putting too much emphasis in, oh, we got to see him play. We got to see him play. I'm like, he's a backup quarterback. Most second round picks are backup quarterbacks. In fact, most first round picks after pick 16 are backup quarterbacks. Uh, very few work out. Then why bill him as the future of the franchise? After the draft, they were like, the Broncos got their quarterback. Like, Yeah, but then we saw him in preseason. It's like, okay, all the all the red flags that, made him fall to the second round oh they were red flags for a reason Pre-season that's not to say he won't get any good a small sample though they've only had a few weeks in training camp they're out in their first game i don't think you can go oh well whatever we saw in preseason is exactly what we're going to get from this quarterback for the rest of his career well no i mean preseason is super vanilla and for rookie quarterbacks, especially the great ones, they tend to flash in preseason because it's very 
it's not NFL, you know, it's not a real game. If they are actually supremely talented and they're going to be great in the NFL, they're going to do well in the preseason as a rookie normally. Drew Locke just looked awful. <laughs> so I'm not saying he won't be the next Andy Dalton, dare I say. You know, Andy Dalton is the benchmark here for second round quarterbacks. The, <laughs> the low benchmark. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just, I want a top 10 quarterback. And until Elway goes all in on somebody and 2020 is the year to do it, just freaking go get a quarterback that you know is going to be your franchise quarterback without a doubt. You draft a guy in the top 10, he is your franchise quarterback, whether he sucks or whether he doesn't suck. From day one, right? I mean, yeah. isn't that the idea? Like unequivocal, 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 uh, <laughs> not able, unequivocal starter. When was the last time we drafted a guy and started him out the gate? Never. We never have. We didn't even do that with Elway. Yeah. Well, we didn't draft Elway, though. But <laughs> we still acquired him as the rookie right after the draft, and we didn't start him. We only started him because Steve DeBerg started sucking. And then they went back to DeBerg because right. Elway sucked worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the rest is history. I want to see. I want to see what we got, just so I know going forward. And then, then we don't have to have this this stupid speculation that we have every year like well i don't know we're gonna draft someone and we draft them and then we're like uh quarterback controversy like who's gonna do better like if he sucks let's let's all know he sucks and then we can move on collectively and 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 enjoy the new guy i've already made my mind up well tim if you want to go get our franchise qb in the 2020 draft then honestly it'd be better to put lock in now because there is less of a chance that we win a game and we end up with a better draft position, we will be picking in the top five, and we'll probably be able to get whichever quarterback we want. Well, that's true. And, you know, I don't think the season is over by any stretch. Uh, Two and five teams make the playoffs on a a fairly regular basis, uh, at least about once a year. Uh, The 2011 Broncos did it with Team Tebow. So I would um, agree with you if I hadn't watched that KC game. Because that team playing... Kansas City is not beating anybody. Here's the thing. Uh, something <laughs> something about what Elway said struck struck me as uh, worrisome. The media knows about it. They're, they didn't report about it because, you know, they don't report on anything that's interesting because the Broncos would punish them or whatever. I don't know why they don't do it. But somebody asked him, you know, if the trade was due to what happened after the Titans game. Dude, you're, you're a reporter. Why don't we know what happened if you were there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, right? When he asked that question and Elway's answer was just like, no, and I'm not getting into that. You know, they won that game. And if, if Emmanuel Sanders did have a blow up over touches or something selfish, which, you know, is out of character on his public image, but, you know, internally, I should have possible. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not even totally out of character on his public image. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But what I think is if, if that went down and, you know, they have a short week and, it didn't get resolved and the players came out flat toxicity in the locker room. You know, you could see a situation where that game could be like a held away from the rest of the season as its own little an anomaly anomaly. Thank you. And <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> and tights. And tights. Um, <laughs> but uh, dealing him this week though, it could have the opposite effect of rallying the guys in the locker room who were kind of fed up with Emmanuel Sanders and the the crap that apparently was going on in the background. Um, 
But that, I mean, this kind is of the all same speculation. Way the... We have no idea. Yeah, it's all speculation. Or what he was doing. Something clearly happened, though. I'm just saying yeah. this is how last week could have could be an anomaly based on this speculative you know discussion i'm having here but i i just i'm liking it back to opening week on week one with the raiders when all that antonio brown drama came to a head and they traded him like two days before the game and when that happened i was like oh man the raiders are gonna come out and play like it's their freaking super bowl now and that's exactly what they did it rallied the locker room and they were just like you know we don't need you we can win without you and we could see something like that in this game but it if we do, then the problems were a lot worse than anybody on the outside knew. They come out and get their butt kicked, then okay, yeah, there was nothing going on really. It's just they suck. So. But what does that say about our guys if Emmanuel Sanders maybe being unhappy after the Tennessee game makes them come out flat against their division rival who, after pitching a shutout, they have this great opportunity to beat. Like If you cannot get up for that game... Why play football? I was well, you're, so if you're distracted, if you're distracted, it takes you out of your routine. You're not thinking about people are people. People are humans, you know. I mean, you're right. I know, and I. It's not like I think they can't recover from that, but it was. I was dumbfounded after that game. I did not necessarily think we would win that game, but I truly didn't think we would come out and not compete at all. And it was they were competing early on something happened and they just well the, the d i can tell you well the offense the defense was competing but you cannot put them out there after you know you can't go on the field get a three and out two times so that you're you know so that your defense <laughs> is essentially out there for 30 minutes in a row and think that it's not going to end up in a long bomb touchdown to tyreek hill i mean that that was yeah. way too easy to see yeah, the, the offense started out well, and the first quarter and stuff, it looked like maybe we'd have a competitive game, and then they just stopped doing anything right. I, I just, I was flabbergasted. When the offense just folded up shop, it was like, can't leave them on an island out there, guys. It's, it's a, it, they call it a team sport for Which, right, and we saw that the last two years. That was always my argument for thinking Flacco was going to be an improvement, because at least we could have a competent offense that could move the ball, and give the defense the rest so that they could be the defense that could control a game and impact the game. And that Kansas City game was the was the exact opposite of that and was it was even worse than half of the games we saw last year where we were all frustrated that the coaching ruined half of the games and the decisions ruined the games, but the players kind of rallied. The players did better than even they probably should have in some cases. This year... We should have been competent. Flacco should be competent. And Thursday's game was so pathetic. Watching uh, the Monday night football game uh, between the uh, Patriots and the Jets, watching Sam Darnold out there, like it, it looked like a continuation of Thursday night's game. Uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, it's like Flacco, I should not have to, I should not be able to confuse the play of Joe Flacco, Super Bowl champion with Sam Darnold, mono survivor. <laughs> This is like it was. It was not good. A silver lining for all this. Oh, go on. In the last two years, these games where they got blown out and it was embarrassing came against other bad teams. At least this time, it came against a Super Bowl contender. So, silver lining is we got spanked by an actual good team instead of the New York Giants. It came against a team without their future Hall of Fame quarterback. 
And oh, let's not get ahead a, of ourselves. Against <laughs> a terrible run defense, and we couldn't we couldn't get more than seventy yards on the ground. If the State Farm commercials are any indication, Tim, Patrick Mahomes is going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who is kind of their main superstar is out, and you can't do better than we did. It doesn't say very much for the ability of the team to kind of rally and get up for a big game. But I'm all for watching them rally against the Colts. Like, <laughs> I'll be behind them, and I'll be... I'll be hoping for the best, but I was I was just so shocked that they would let me down like that. Well, we'll we'll know this weekend if this team's going to have some fight in it down the stretch or if they're packing it in already. So, well, what what do you think, Tim? We're going into uh, Indianapolis. We're going to play the Colts, who we historically have not had much success against. Um, are are we anomalously bad against the Kansas City Chiefs, or are we just normally bad? I mean, we're normally bad, but not that abnormally bad. (laughs) We're terrible. We ain't awful. Exactly. That was an embarrassment of offense uh, all all game. Looking at some of the the film, Joe Flacco is missing wide open reads. He's just not seeing... Well, and the main reason is because he's missing the blitz read. And Indy has, has a great pass rush, so it doesn't look to get a whole lot better unless this week somehow Joe Flacco magically after 15, how many years has he been in the league this year, this week, he can learn how to read a blitz. Come on. As we learned against Kansas city, you don't necessarily need to have a great pass rush to make us look awful. So the the blueprint uh, to beat the blueprint is blitz Flacco. That's the blueprint. And he just folds. Nine he folds, bowls holds, and and uh, and there's another rhyme in there somewhere. I uh, don't have it right now, but that sounded pretty good, didn't it? No, no second still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the Colts game. I don't see the Broncos winning. Colts are what, four and two? In Indy, we don't have a great track record in Indy. I mean, even with Peyton Manning, we couldn't really. I know. We couldn't beat him with Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he may have thrown them the bone. I don't know. I don't see it happening. I, I see uh, Denver, 10 points, uh, Indy, 24. <laughs> 10 points is pretty good. We can only score six against the worst defense. Well, I mean, how many field goals? That's three field goals, and, and we'll get the rouge, I guess. I, I don't know. What do you think, Tim? What, would you have a score prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain and predict a strong Broncos performance. The offense comes out and goes, oh, look, we can actually play well. Like complete reversal of last week. And the Broncos win 27-24. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they haven't scored 27 points in like, since the Super Bowl year. Are you crazy? And they you haven't scored six points all year either. Going the opposite direction here, Jess. <laughs> all right. Six is, six is more likely because <laughs> it's divisible by three. So there you go. <laughs> what about you, Lori? What do you think? I think the Broncos are going to lose this one. I think they'll score three field goals. So it'll be nine points. And I think... Wait, are you are you prices riding me out of this? Like with, maybe. with one lower? And the Colts are going to score three touchdowns. So it'll be 21-9. I think the Broncos defense will play tough. But... Is that the first half? 21 points in the first half? Or... <laughs> First half defense will will hold them, and then second half they'll be exhausted because Joe Flacco will continue to fold, and we'll get three and outs, and the defense won't be able to 
to uh, stop T.Y. Hilton. Ye of little faith. Is <laughs> I, that how it goes? I am mad. I really, what I want is I hope, I hope the Broncos hear this and they're like, what the, is she talking about? We are not going to lose. And then they go out there and they play with their pants on fire and they beat somebody to the ground. More like ye of a preponderance of evidence. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not like this doesn't exist in a vacuum, Tim. Like we got here honestly. <laughs> what we see is what we get, and and hopefully you're right. I mean, I I would love to win. I've had my hopes up so many times over the last couple of years that it's it's just it, I I don't see it. I am not going to be surprised if I don't see it uh, this Sunday. In the interest of time, we have to move on to the mission <laughs> mission question. <laughs> so, is Emmanuel Sanders the greatest to ever wear number ten for the Denver Broncos? Give us a list. I can. Uh, Jabbar Gaffney, 2009 to present. Clifford Russell, a wide receiver in 2008. Todd Sauerbrunn, the uh, sure-headed punter from 2005 to 2007. Your favorite, Tim. Triandos Luke, wide receiver from 2004. Punter, Bucky Diltz, 1978. Herman, quarterback, 1981 to 1982. Steve Ramsey, 1971-1976-Jim-Leclerc-Quarterback-1967-1968-and-oh-wait-hold-on-guys-John-McCormick-1963-and-1965-1966-Quarterback-So-really-you-have-Jabbar-Gaffney-Todd-Sauerbrunn
I can't believe you're wasting a bench slot for that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. It's because I know. I kept thinking, you know, he's going to break out. I stashed him away thinking when my starter is on bye week, then I'll have Fant. He'll be in there. He'll be rolling. It'll be great. <laughs> no, not happening. No, no. Yeah. You have been listening to Something Something Broncos, a Mile High Report podcast. Uh, you can read all of our contributions to Mile High Report on milehighreport.com, or you can follow us all on Twitter. I am at J-E-Z-R-U. Lori is at D-O-C-L-L-V. Tim, yours is Zappa. No. Yours is... Tim Lynch, 1978. Tim, your personal address is... No. <laughs> If your phone number, if your social security <laughs> number was a fruit, what would it be? An orange. <laughs> so yeah, so follow us on our various platforms. Keep listening here. Rate, like, subscribe. Every Thursday, a brand new Something Something Broncos delivered right to your podcast program. It's kind of amazing. It's modern technology. It's something <laughs> everyone should do. For Lori and Tim, I'm Jess. Thanks for listening. A correction on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the both up. Both fouls were on the kicking team. That was a good one. Hey, I did. there I had was fun. debate and argument. Yes, we should do right? that every week. Well, next oh. week we'll get to talk about Chris Harris Jr. being traded. So. Oh no! You know, I'm not sure he, that will actually happen. Oh, if if it happens, I am going to rage the whole show chris harris jr has earned that extension I, into I his agree. 30s i agree mr elway you have not earned that mfing extension <laughs> that you got a dab between your ears is what you need when you oh <laughs> what I, I fucked this up okay <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Something Something Broncos, a feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lattimore-Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com.